Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Brum's The Word from Anything But Footy, brought to you with Cookery Sports, the official kit provider for Team England. The Birmingham 2022 Commonwealth Games is set to become the first and biggest multi-sporting event of a post-pandemic world, with new stars set to write their own stories. I'm John. And I'm Michael. And every week you can join us to hear those stories and count down to the Birmingham Commonwealth Games. Coming up in this episode. I'm Jess Grimson. I'm Daisy Mumby. I am uh, Joaquin Bello. I'm a beach volleyball player. I'm Javier Bello. I play with my brother. And we've just been selected for the Commonwealth Games. And I'm absolutely buzzing. And we're really excited for the opportunity. And I'm super excited to have been selected to represent England at the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. Yes, it's become a real highlight of recent Commonwealth and Olympic Games. We are joined by Team England's beach volleyballers. We'll run through some of the other headlines in our news from the Games. Michael popped into Birmingham this week for a special VIP trip. Mm-hmm. Find, <laughs> find out why and keep listening for that exclusive discount on Cookery's Team England range just for anything but footy followers. This is Brum's The Word with Cookery Sports, a podcast from anything but footy. Now, Team England will face Team Scotland in a battle derby in the women's beach volleyball competition at Birmingham 2022. The pair have been drawn in Pool C, along with 2018 bronze medalists Vanuatu. Would you have known that, Michael? And newbies. I would. (laughs) And newbies, the Solomon Islands. I reckon there are more beaches there than in Scotland. Maybe. Uh, We'll hear from Jess Grimson and Daisy Mumby in a moment. But first, the England men's team of the Bellow brothers, Javier and Wakin, who face Cyprus, Tuvalu and Gold Coast bronze medalists as well, New Zealand. I mean, it obviously feels amazing, uh, not just because of what it is, but because we got to uh, get selected in a way with all our family watching us in the tournament for selection and being able to share that moment with them was really, really special. And yeah, still a bit of relief because we were the favourites at the tournament and I feel like we were the favourites all the way through, which kind of put a lot of pressure on us and it was a challenge in itself. But we're just really happy that we got it done and that now we can focus on that main objective, which is to bring a medal. And Joaquin, just tell us a little bit about the last two years and how qualification has unfolded for you guys, culminating, of course, in the event at Crystal Palace. 
So because we're the host, uh, the qualification was going to be through a selection tournament. So for us, we, we just focused on trying to improve as the team. We've been playing the World Tour regularly for many years now. We, we got uh, England's first gold medal, two other bronze medals. And we've just been trying to get better every day. On the day, we, we played really, really well. Uh, but as Javi said, it was a really tough tournament. But I think we, like, because of all these years of, of preparation, it was, it was our dream to, to play in Birmingham. Um, I think we did amazingly well. And working, as I mentioned, you've seen the, the venue. Obviously, at that point, it was not like it will look in a few weeks for the Commonwealth Games. But how exciting will it be to be right in the heart of Birmingham with your sport? So I mean, for, for, for us, it, it, um, it means everything uh, to make to have a chance to make more history for, for England, uh, to, to win, to win the, the first medal and for it to be something really special to, for the growth and the, and the promotion of, of the sport. Like the fact that we're hosting it should be really, really special, um, not only for us, but personally, because our friends and family never get to see us play because we're always abroad playing the, the World Tour. Uh, but also, for, for the, as I said, for the, for, the, for the community and the promotion of, of volleyball, which is an amazing sport. And Javier, we know that you were both born in Spain, but you're wearing your Cookery Sports Team England kit today. Tell us why and how you came to be in England. Well, uh, we obviously, yeah, we were born in Spain in Madrid, but uh, we moved to London when we were about 10 years old because our, our mum got a job here in London, was uh, uh, moved here. She was working for a company and she got moved to, to work here. So, yeah, we, we kind of grew up in volleyball here, so it's not really an issue for us. We proudly uh, wear all our England kit and we feel as English as, as anyone. Um, and yeah, all our development in volleyball and even as people has been here. So we really feel English and we really feel uh, proud to be a part of Team England. Obviously, no Commonwealth Games in Spain when you were both very young. And beach volleyball is only appearing at the Games for a second time. So do you have any early Commonwealth Games memories or when did it first kind of hone into view for you? I mean, the, the Youth Commonwealth Games in 2017 was a huge milestone for us. We won a gold medal at that event. And uh, probably since that moment, we've been thinking about Beach volleyball being a part of the main games, and when it does happen, being the team that represents England and hopefully uh, making history by getting their first medal at this event. Yeah, take us back then. I mean, Bahamas 2017, that was a gold medal. Is the aim to repeat that feat this time around in Birmingham? Can you guys do that? Oh, beach volleyball players don't really like to make uh, big expectations or, or predictions, but uh, obviously we want to be standing on the podium at least on the, on the 7th of August. And uh, a gold medal, it's tough to say, but we want to work as hard as we can to be at the top of that podium. Well, can you tell us, how would you describe yourselves as a pair? Would you describe yourself as a physical pair, technical, tactical? Describe it. Well... Most people that, that look at us think that, that we're, we're very short, especially, like, especially for beach volleyball players. And myself, as a blocker, uh, I'm around 6'1". And most blockers are 6'5". Um, so, 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 or taller. Or taller. So I think, as a team, we're, we're very technical. Uh, but also, in order, in order to make up for, for our, our, our lack of height, we're very strong. Like, uh, we, we jump very, very high. We work on our strength and conditioning. As, as much as we can and um, um, we we have to uh, 
come up with all the ways to, to be better than our, our opponents. And clearly, Welkin, this is a family affair, your brothers, and, and dad is heavily involved in coaching as well. Describe the coaching setup and the, the team around you guys, the team. So our dad, our dad has been our coach since we, since we started playing volleyball when we were six. Um, I mean, uh, the rest of our family is part, part of our support team with my, our mom and our, our little brother. And yeah, we, we, we've only been coached by, by our dad. So if, I've only played with, with him and our dad has, has been our only coach since, since we were six. And it, it's, a, it's a very difficult situation at, at times. It's difficult to separate what goes on in the court with what goes on outside um, in, in, the, in the real world. But um, as we get older and we mature, we, we've, gotten, we've gotten a lot better and uh, being more professional. But at times we still have arguments, discussion, kind of things. We tend to bring things from outside the court into the court. Uh, so, for, for example, uh, we will be training and, and we'll be do like a, something lazy. And my dad, and my dad will, will bring up something about how we haven't done the dishes or <laughs> like done, done the washing up. So, yeah, it's still, it's still something we, we work on every, every day and it's going to get better in the future. Yeah, have you? I mean, we're, we're smiling about that and joking about it, but it must be quite a challenging dynamic at times to be so close when you're away competing. And usually elite athletes will go and maybe see their parents or their brother or something for that release. You don't get to do that. Yeah, we definitely don't get to do that. And I think most beach volleyball players uh, have to spend a lot, a lot of time with their partner when they're out on tour for many, many weeks. And uh, for us, it's even worse because we, when we come home, we're still together and we're still doing so many things together. I think the only time we get any relief from that is when we study. So he's at a different university. Uh, he's studying medicine at Imperial. I'm doing philosophy, politics and economics at Royal Holloway. So that, those two separate worlds kind of help us to have something that we're not doing together. Um, because it can take its toll. It's almost like being married to someone, being spending so much time together and eating together, sleeping in the same room very often uh, when we're out playing on the world tour. So, yeah, it is very difficult, but we've been doing it for a long time and it's as bad as it's going to get, I guess. We know, obviously, beach volleyball is not one of these sports that has millions and millions of pounds pouring into it uh, from funding, from UK sport, for example. So, you talked about being on the podium. Could that be a game changer? Could that signal? Could that bring about some more investment in your sport moving forward? I think definitely a good result and a, and a gold medal or a medal would be really impactful for beach volleyball and for volleyball in the UK. Um, potentially, even if it's just from participation and people seeing it and uh, sort of seeing someone being successful in the sport might make more people want to play it. Uh, from the funding point of view, it's completely out of our control, but we hope that uh, our, our achievements and our success can fuel uh, a sort of movement that will increase participation and increase funding in not just our sport but other sports that aren't football. Uh, Waki, just finally, I mean, this is a great opportunity, isn't it? Just to, to showcase everything that's great about beach volleyball right in the heart of Birmingham. Yeah, uh, I mean, we've never had a home advantage like this, and we, we can't wait to, to feel the energy at, at this at Smithfield and, and the atmosphere that makes beach volleyball so special are, are going to be there. And, and we, we want to uh, take the time to encourage everyone to buy tickets and before they sell out, uh, because we think it's going to be a very special event for everyone. Well, we'll be there. We look forward to it. Congratulations again on selection. Don't fall out between now and then, will you? We won't. We won't. <laughs> the Bellow Brothers, and I'm pretty sure they won't fall out. 
Here's now Jess and Daisy, the England women's team. Jess, I'll start with you. What does it mean to be back at the Commonwealth Games stage in beach volleyball? Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, to, to have been in the first games was obviously huge for beach volleyball as a sport to be in the games. Um, but to have made this one and be at a home games was, yeah, was the, the goal from, from the moment the last game's finished. As soon as we knew it was Birmingham, it was like game on. So to be at home in front of a home crowd and hopefully showcase beach volleyball in our country and show what we can do from the boys and the girls point of view. Um, yeah, I can't wait. I'm so excited. And Daisy, you're wearing your cookery sports team kit today. What does that mean to have that and know now you are part of the team? You're part of Team England. I mean, I think it's just, I, I'm lost for words, really. Um, it's something we've been hoping to happen for since we became a team, Jess and I. Um, and just to represent England just means, means the world to me, really. Yeah, very excited. Yeah, tell us, Daisy, you're relatively new as a partnership. That's correct, isn't it? Yeah. So um, we first partnered up just before COVID hit. So a bit of awkward timing, but things went well. and. We ended up having to do a lot of individual stuff whilst we were unable to train together. But yeah, we put in all the hard necessary work where it counted and here we are. And Jess, how challenging is it to begin a new partnership, especially in those circumstances? Yeah, I mean, it's been tough. Obviously, at the time when we joined up, we didn't know what was coming. So obviously, you know, lots of big plans, lots of exciting plans, international seasons and whatever. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was a big risk for me to obviously kind of start again. Um, being with someone for so long before that and you know the partnership side of things is huge Um, but I was at a point where I just wasn't enjoying it anymore so I needed to change something Um, and obviously Daisy and I met up early 2020 went to Brazil and trained just to meet properly see if we got on see where the partnership could go and yeah very exciting obviously physically Daisy has a lot to offer I think more to offer than anyone in this country has ever had in terms of beach volleyball so that was very exciting for me um, and to see how she sort of developed over the past two years despite COVID is massive um, so yeah it's a big advantage for us to have her but the partnerships just sort of developed and developed and I think the resiliency we showed in the game to sort of come through kind of shows the work we've put in on and off the court you know with our team and our sports psych and yeah I think it's it's, it's showed it's paid off. So Daisy, nice words there from your partner about you. How would you describe Jess then? Oh, um, <laughs> Nick's going to be listening to this. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, she's the the more experienced player. I'm just thrilled that she took the courage to give me that call. Um, so I think that shows huge determination on her part. And if I'd have to describe her in like a few uh, few words, I'd just say like she's an absolute athlete, really just like doesn't give up, keeps going, like very, very driven. Daisy, on anything but footy, we are all about promoting athletes and sports that don't get the coverage we think they deserve away from Commonwealth Games or Olympic Games. But for people listening that don't know too much about beach volleyball, what can you tell us about how matches and the competition will unfold and how we will find out who wins? A beach volleyball match, each set goes to 21 points. Best of three sets. If it goes to three sets, the third set is first to 15. In terms of the rules, three touches on each side, maximum. And Jess, in terms of the Commonwealth Games, how does the format of the competition unfold? You start in the pools and then go through to the medal matches. Yeah, I assume it will be very similar to last time as it's the same number of teams, I think 12 teams. So there'll be pools. So um, 
yeah, last time in a pool of four. So obviously you play your pool games, go through two quarter semis and finals. So I think they're I think they're only playing a match a day. So it'll be quite good in terms of um length of competition um and duration of like rest, etc. And kind of embracing the experience. Um so yeah, we'll go through our pool matches, obviously hopefully make it out of the pool. And then each match at a time that from that point on just to hopefully make it to those podium rounds. And Jess, I think that beach volleyball will be in the centre of Birmingham, one of the iconic venues for these games. Do you agree? Hundred percent. Yeah, I think it. I think it'd be the best venue. And I'm not just saying it's because it's our venue, but it was the same at Gold Coast. Like it's a smaller stadium, but the the atmosphere and vibe you get with volleyball, it's just such a fun environment, and everyone gets involved. And um, it was like it was the most sold out and the most attended venue at, in Australia. Um, and I think where they've put it, making it sort of a centre stage and, you know, I think it's going to be vendors and screens and things out. It'll be an amazing atmosphere and Team England always do a great job when they put on a tournament. So we know they'll make it a spectacle and we can't wait to sort of be at the forefront of that and hopefully just flying the flag well. And Daisy, people listening to this that want to follow in your footsteps, be inspired by what you guys are doing. What was your pathway into becoming Beach Volleyball Team England representative? at Birmingham 2022? I think mine's a little bit of a unique situation. I just played for fun my whole life, really. And then um, Jess called me up a few years ago and asked if I'd like to join her on this journey. And we've just been pushing from there. Um, Obviously, last weekend, the qualification tournament was our main goal. And we smashed it, and here we are. But um, for me, a very unique situation. I've only really been training and playing at this level for a few years now. Um, I'm lucky to be blessed with height, so that helps me. But I know that there are lots of different programs in place, talent pathways and things for for junior athletes to get involved in. But another point to make, obviously, is you can start late. The focus, I presume, Daisy, now obviously is very much on Birmingham after selection. What's the the aim, ambition then for, for Birmingham and the Commonwealth Games for you guys? The goal is to podium. Um, yeah, that's it, really. Obviously, going to go out there and uh, try our best and, yeah, hopefully end up with a medal. And, Jess, I'll leave the last word to you. Last eight in Gold Coast, and it must burn very brightly inside of you. And you spoke earlier about how much you wanted to go again with a new partner this time around to, to better what you did with the quarterfinals in Australia four years ago. Yeah, 100%. I mean, yeah, I still I still can't watch that game back, honestly. I've never finished it. Um, I Yeah, it's a very, very sore point. I think it was a very disappointing finish for us, despite the work we'd put in. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely very hungry to to better that. And, um, yeah, like I say, putting them on the mat, create a bit of legacy for the sport in this country and kind of show what we can do as a pair. Well, we really look forward to seeing you at Smithfield in Birmingham. It's going to be, as I said earlier, an amazing venue. And congratulations both again on selection. Thank you. Interesting there. They said it's never too late (laughs) to become a beach volleyballer. I'm thinking you, me, Commonwealth Games 2026, I'll be 49. (laughs) There's a slight issue with that as well. I think that she mentioned, Daisy, that height was an advantage. Ah, I'll cross it out the diary for 2026. (laughs) I, I think we'll just carry on reporting it if we're allowed to. This is Brum's The Word with Cookery Sports, a podcast from anything but footy. Still to come with the games now next month, it's been a busy week of team announcements. We'll let you know about some rivals for Team England athletes in our news from the games. But first, talking of being in the heart of Birmingham, 
I popped along this week to the Cookery Sports official Team England kit reveal. It was a very glittering occasion just off Broad Street in the heart of Brum. And I'll tell you what, the kit, I didn't realise quite how much work goes into putting the kit together. One, the powers that be, the experts at Cookery Sports have been speaking to an athlete panel. Now, this is current and former athletes, John, that put their input into the kit. So one of the things that came out of that, which I thought was really interesting, was in the past, women's rugby, for example, women's rugby sevens team, all they've had is a smaller version of the men's rugby kit. And actually, from a performance perspective, that isn't good. So they went to all the individual teams and the sports and the disciplines, and they took soundings in order to design and create a kit that was bespoke to that sport, that discipline, whatever it is that was going to be competed in Birmingham. And the other interesting thing, and I don't want to say too much because I know we are going to have a special podcast all about uh, how the kit is put together and speaking to some of the members of Team England coming up between now and the start of the Games. But they also went around Birmingham and they took some of the buildings, some of the infrastructure in Birmingham as a kind of inspiration, if you like, for the kit. And just one other thing I'd say about the kit reveal afterwards, you know, it was a lovely occasion Great turnout from Cookery Sports, brilliant turnout from Team England, lots of good athletes and local athletes there as well. But I had a little just wander around the city centre of Birmingham afterwards. And, you know, all the, the bunting is up, the signage is up. Mm. There's still quite a lot of building work going on. There's now going to be trams up and down Broad Street, not cars and, and buses like we're used to. But also the buzz around the city was there. I noticed in some of the bars and the restaurants and the eateries, all the outdoor seating areas are ready. I'm just so excited. I'm really looking forward to it now. It's like we said at the start of the podcast, this is the first big multi-sporting event of a, of a post-pandemic world. And also from Birmingham's point of view, as you rightly say, it's been so redeveloped in the last few years. I think if anyone who went there 10 years ago will go back now and not recognise the place. And that's what we're we're really looking forward to. So just quickly on that kit, Michael, just to clarify, it's not off the shelf. It's individually made for each sport for Team England. Yeah. They've gone around, they've spoken, as I said, to all the individual sports, all the different athletes, and they have designed a kit. Because Cookery Sports, remember, you know, have been involved with Team England since Glasgow. That was their first games in 2014. They provided the kit in 2018 for the Gold Coast. And now they think they've really excelled themselves. And that certainly seems to be the soundings I've been getting from the athletes as well for 2022. And... You can also get your hands on some of this kit too. For the mm. full range of official Team England merchandise, go to the website cookerysports.com and because you are a listener to Anything But Footy, you can save some money, 10% off, by using the discount code when you go to checkout and that discount code is ABF2022. That is an exclusive offer from Cookery Sports just for listening to Anything But Footy. On to the rest of the news from the Games. And we mentioned her selection for Team England last week. Now, Emily Campbell is European weightlifting champion again after a convincing performance in the plus 87 kilogram category in Albania. She snatched 118 kilograms and a whopping 153 kilograms in her final clean and jerk. It's a title she won in Moscow last year as well. And, of course, a silver medal at the Tokyo Olympics. 
elsewhere. Lucy Renshaw, now top of the world rankings in the sport of judo after a successful year competing in the 63k and under category. She's British judo's first number one in five years. Natalie Powell was the last one in 2017. Powell is one of six athletes confirmed for Wales this summer. Meantime, she won bronze in a recent Grand Prix event. And we understand the Team England judo squad should be announced next week. Now, Andrew Scurler, who's the boss at British Judo, was at that event in Birmingham. He said to me how proud he was to have a number one in the world and a number two in the world in British Judo's ranks. Mm-hmm. We've talked quite a bit about hockey on this podcast in the last few weeks with some mixed results for the England men and women in the Pro League. But it's worth noting a first victory in regulation time since 2003 for England women against the Olympic champions, the Netherlands. Goalkeeper Maddie Hinch also made her 100th appearance in that 3-1 victory at the Lee Valley Centre on Olympic Park. So well done to them. The next day, the Dutch did get their own back. They won 2-1. Unfortunately, the England men lost both their games 3-0 and 6-3. Belgium are the next opponents for both teams. I don't know if you recall, but when we were both in Glasgow, we had a little wander down from the main media centre for the Glasgow Commonwealth Games back in 2014 to a restaurant that had been taken over by Team Wales. And we were there to interview Eleanor Barker, an Olympic champion cyclist. That was her first Commonwealth Games. Well, she gave birth to her first son, Nico, in March, and she's been selected by Team Wales for her third Commonwealth Games this summer, along with her sister, Megan. She's one of 25 cyclists. That list also includes Geraint Thomas, Tour de France winner, of course, and Paralympic silver medalist James Ball. Team Scotland have also unveiled 50 new names to mark the 50 days to go to the countdown to the Commonwealth. It includes Glasgow 2014 judo gold medalist Sarah Adlington and badminton's Kirsty Balfour amongst them. And I noticed that Sarah Adlington is the reigning champion because judo wasn't in the Gold Coast. So she is still the reigning champion as you go in to the next games. Now, the Team England roster, as we say, continues to gather pace with 13 table tennis players now confirmed. It's a team that consists of Olympic, Paralympic and Commonwealth Games success and experience with three-time Commonwealth gold medalist Sue Bailey and defending champions in the doubles, Liam Pitchford and Paul Drinkle, as well as Ross Wilson selected as well. And 20-year-old Charlotte Bardsley also makes her Commonwealth debut in her home games. I feel really happy that for once actually like my parents and family and friends can actually watch me play because normally I'll be like competing in another country or I was in Germany for two years. And we'll hear from Charlotte, Liam and Paralympic bronze medalist Jack Hunter-Spivey in our next episode. This is Brahms the Word from Anything But Footy brought to you with Cookery Sports the official kit provider for Team England. And for all your bespoke sportswear needs, go to their website. It's at cookerysports.com. And for all your news from the games and interviews with Team England stars, stay with us and tell your friends. We're here every week, counting down to the Commonwealths. Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. 
Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.